welcome. Prepare your heart as we dive into the Word of God. Our desire at Beloved Church in Lena, Illinois, is to lead you into a life-changing encounter with grace and truth. Jesus Christ has a divine destiny perfectly orchestrated for those who are willing to be adventurous enough to receive His favor and blessing into their life. Our prayer is that you will allow the presence of the comforting Spirit of God to radically display the Father's love for you. You are a part of God's beloved family, and that means you are greatly loved. Now over to our guest minister for today. Gosh, what an honor it is to be able to share today. Um, let's just pray and bless this time together. Father, we love you so much. We thank you for what you've done to and through us already with your word and your truths. Holy Spirit, have your way amongst us. As we seek our Father's heart for ourselves, Lord, we bless, as a family, we bless Miss Kay, Pastor Steve, and Pastor Craig, as they're with our brother Victor, speaking truth, setting captives free, and being who they were created to be, even now, in Jesus' name. Amen. You are worthy. Okay, so two head bobs and three, uh, four amens. You are worthy. Amen. Every one of you is worthy of all the things Christ died for. Today's Healing Sunday, yes? Yes. Okay. I believe that, that certainly a portion of the reason we can't receive our healings in some areas is because we don't think we're worthy. I know I've ministered to people, one actual person in this body that's here, that said, yeah, I got the thing and the stuff, but it's okay. They're more, they need it worse than I do. Jesus never said that. See the worthy piece? It wasn't from the fact that they wanted to be hurt, but it came from their feeling and their sense that somebody else was more worthy than them. We're not going to short the Lord. There's plenty of healing for everyone. His blood is still sufficient. And his word didn't say there was a portion or he respected one person over another. Amen? Okay. Colossians 1, 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timotheus, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren, in Christ, which are at Colossae, grace unto you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Was this written for us, beloved? Yes. If you didn't say yes and you're not sure, 
I promise. This is written to us under the unction of the Holy Spirit. It's perfect for us today. We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. The cloud of witnesses, it's never ended. Does it say there was a time frame while we're alive? Okay. Since we heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and of the love which ye have to all of the saints. Are we saints? Yes. Hegios, yeah? Morally blameless. Holy ones. Morally blameless, holy ones. By the grace of God, I can say that. Otherwise, no way. Yet, I am. Said the Holy Spirit through Paul. Now, do you want to agree that was written for you? Because you are worthy. For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven. Wait. You mean hope is floating around heaven for me? So it is for you too. Hope for what? Whereof ye heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel. Well, is healing part of the gospel? Bada bing, bada boom. See how quick those dovetails work, those bullet points? It's his word. Which has come unto you as it is in all the world, Cosmos. <laughs> I almost fell out of my chair when Allie shared the cosmos thing. I know, probably just, yeah, no, it's not. I can't even fake it. The cosmos. Get out of your little world in Lena, Illinois, in Beloved's building. You are an alien first and foremost in being hosted in this. Praise God, we're spirit beings. I know that I know from my own journey that once you can grab that in a deep, real way, you will receive more in your heart, your mind, and your soul, and you will control your flesh in a completely different way. Because I promise, your spirit is much stronger than your body. Cosmos. That was really good, baby. which has come unto you as it is in all the world, and bring forth fruit. As it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it, and ye knew the grace of God in truth. 
Take these truths and the grace associated with them. They're loaded with grace if you can receive it. As ye also learned in Ephesus of our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister in Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. Back to that cloud of witnesses. It's real. There's literally a cloud of witnesses praying for you and your situation, praying for you, praying for you, praying for you, and praise God praying for me. All of us, we're never alone. We always have Jesus and we always have the saints that have gone before us. That's a really big deal. Let that truth permeate you so that if indeed you're ever just vacillating a little bit on whether or not you're alone and ready to enter a pity party for a minute, you're never alone. Not only is Jesus with you constantly, but you have an entire cloud of witnesses and the saints that have gone before you. To desire, to pray for you and to desire that ye may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. The recognition, the discernment, the knowledge, the discernment Wait, we can have more discernment. Paul taught us that. Discernment's a gift. For your spirit, not for your brain. Of all his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord. So wait. We can walk worthy. We are worthy. And we can walk worthy. And we are worthy. Unto all pleasing, being fruitful. I know, back to the seed thing. I really love the way we as a family and as a team allow the Lord to just move through us because Allie had no grid for what I was gonna share today. Pastor Ryan had no idea of what we were going to do today. I had no idea the songs that the Holy Spirit was going to give to him. We had no idea who was going to pray what in the prayer time this morning. It's because these threads are that important for us as a family, as believers, as worshipers, as followers. Fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God.
This is a journey, not a 50-yard dash, right? And it's all a matter of our heart. If we keep our heart and our eyes focused on him, we keep our heart out of the twisted nature that the, the, the enemy and the world wants to get us and keep us in, now we can be moving. Now we can be taught. Now we can be discipled by Jesus in the things of his kingdom and get out of our flesh, our carnal nature. So, you are worthy, amen? amen? So if God, through Jesus and his covenant for us, can forgive our sins, how come we can't forgive ourselves? These are the questions I ask the Lord in my quiet time. Why, do I, why am I so hard on myself about that stupid thing that was done 27 and a half years ago? 12 years ago. Yep, I fell on my face on that. But why, why can't I get past that? Bless you. The Holy Spirit will bring you into deeper intimacy with our Father if, if, if you allow him. Our God is a respecter of persons. So unless you're allowing it to happen, it's not going to happen. Right. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock, yeah? How come he just doesn't cruise in? What, why, why does the Father wait for us to turn to him? So if we allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do because of the Father's heart in a situation, if... If we allow him to, he will draw you into deeper intimacy because you are worthy. I believe that us not believing we're worthy is the roadblock to intimacy with the Lord in the way he wants us to be in intimacy with him so we can receive everything he has for us. And in this context on Healing Sunday, it's some of the healings that have not manifested in our hearts, in our souls, and in our flesh. God has been doing an amazing deep work in this body and individuals. And I bless it. It is so glorious to hear the testimonies as God touches really deep hurt spots because it really says that person is willing, their heart is in the right place, they'll receive truth without getting all prickly about it, they'll let these truths permeate, and it will change them radically in their journey. It can't help but make you free in that area. So this is a three-part journey, right? Intimacy, being a doer of the word, and reading. Being in the word, being a doer of the word, and being in intimacy with the Lord. We're supposed to be a doer of the word in ourselves and others, and I believe that the dovetail there in intimacy is we're actually allowing the Lord to do in us 
what he desires so we can become who he created us to be. James 1.22. Can we go over to the BSB or the net, please? Oh, that's Colossians 1. James 1.22. I'm sorry, Mary. There we are. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Otherwise, you are deceiving yourself. Who wants to deceive themselves? 23. For anyone who hears the word does not, but does not carry it out is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after observing himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and continues to do so, not being a forgetful here, but an effective doer, he will be blessed in what he does. If anyone considers himself religious, and yet does not bridle his tongue. He deceives his heart. There we are deceiving again, but this time it's our heart. And his religion is, woo-woo, perfect. Worth all this praise from everybody that's around him because, woo, it looks good. Publican on the soapbox. It's worthless. Worthless. All the yapping in the world without being a doer is worthless. I know. I know. I believe that when we fake ourselves out and we deceive ourselves, we actually harden our heart in those areas. And I believe that it's only through intimacy with the Lord that he can come in and touch that area so that you can understand that it's a spot that he wants to touch and you need to be healed in and it needs to be softened. Not that anybody in our family or even on YouTube or Rumble would ever do that on purpose, but it happens in life. We get these little hard spots. Something somebody said, something that happened, a series of events, and boom, got a little hard spot. I know in my own journey that my time in intimacy with the Lord is when he can really touch those spots, and sometimes it's worship. Corporately. Today was glorious, brother. Not just brother, all you guys that lead us in worship, but us as well. Because the room wouldn't feel like it feels like to me, if it wasn't all of us with our heart in that place or the balance of us. That was glorious. Second Timothy 1.6. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, said Paul. Therefore, I remind... 
For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound mind. Are we all kings and priests? Do you really believe that? Back to what Ali shared. Direct line to the king, not GMO. There's no, there's, there was no short-circuiting or changing. All your genetic nonsense. We are direct descendants, which makes us kings and priests. Okay. As a priest, we lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. As a priest, we lay hands on each other and stir, go back to six, please, and stir up the gift that God has within you. We all have them. Doesn't matter where you're at in your journey. We all have them. And we need to stir them up. I love doing the word. I know it's probably a spoiler alert, but I love doing the word. Out in public, here, I don't care. On the phone. And it's so simple and it's so good. And it's just the lifestyle we have as followers. Do we do it 100% of the time? Nope, I'm sure that there's, if I, if I, Ask the Lord, when did I blow it last week, Lord? I'm sure he's going to find somewhere where I didn't go to the right place at the right minute or I didn't encounter who I was going to encounter. But it's so simple to release his kingdom on a moment-by-moment -moment basis when we're with people, including each other. Be a doer of the word. Being in the word. Go to Ezekiel 3, 1 through 3, please. Last Tuesday, I already had this note down, and what does Pastor Steve in the leadership meeting exhort us with? Ezekiel 3. I love my father and how he works. It's so good. Moreover, he said to me, son of man, Eat what you find. Eat this scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, said Ezekiel, and he caused me to eat that scroll. And he said to me, son of man, feed your belly. Notice how important this must have been that he ate the word. He said it twice in very short order. Feed your belly and feed your stomach with this scroll that I give you. So I ate it and it was in my and it was in my mouth like honey in sweetness. Is getting in the word a job or is it really like honey in sweetness in your mouth? I contend that on my own journey it was never that way until I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
I struggled to read the word. I read the Bible through a lot of times. I memorized a lot of verses that are all decades gone. Decades. But once I was filled in the spirit, I totally understood what Ezekiel was saying here. I could consume the word and it was alive and it meant something and it released revelation. I actually started to understand the layers of the scripture, the layers of the spirit in each scripture. So I contend that on this journey, we have got to be in the word. Eating the scroll was just symbolic for devouring the word. Are we all ministers? Pastor Steve spoke to that about a month ago, so you're sure. We're saints, we're kings, priests, that means we're ministers. We're supposed to consume the word so we can go forth like Ezekiel was told to go to the Israelites. Amen? Being a doer of the word. Until you see yourself in the word. Until you can see yourself in the world, I submit that there's more. Read it more. Find that spot and read it more and put yourself in that place so that you can grab it and make it your own reality. Ephesians 1.17 I know I've ministered on this, this group of scriptures many times in this house, and yet it made such an impact on my journey, and it so made me who I am. It will make you who you, you will get deeper in him, not necessarily by this scripture like it was for me, but I saw myself here. I saw myself, I see myself in Christ. Seated at the right hand of the Father. It's not words to me. It's reality. It's reality. God has scriptures for you exactly the same way. I turned it into a prayer. So, let's do that. Father, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory, may give unto me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. That the eyes of my understanding may be enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of his calling and what, are, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in me, a saint and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards me who believes according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places 
far above all principality. Wonder why I have no fear of demons. Wonder why I don't give a rip what's going on in the world because I know Jesus is king and there is no other. It's that. You can't talk me out of it. I've told myself that a thousand times. You've got a scripture just like this too. Don't be Bob, be you. Please, we need you to be you. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And he hath put all things under his feet and given him to be the head over all things in the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Amen. I live in Christ. Anybody else live in Christ? Yes. He lives in me. But I, I live in him. Whoo, that was a spoiler alert in my Baptist brain. You accept Jesus into your heart, yeah? Say your little prayer, got the little card thing, check the, yeah, yep. Wait a minute, I live inside him? Then you give me something like that that says I live in Christ and now I'm seated right next to the Father and everything's under Jesus' feet and I'm in him? That means everything's under my foot. Yeah. So there's scripture just like that for you. Let intimacy with the Lord bring you into that. Let him help you find that scripture. Can't do that if you're not in the word. Being in the word all by itself in a committed way will bring you into a deeper level of intimacy all by itself because Jesus is the word. You will get to know Jesus better and if you'll ruminate on just the word and stay there, he will draw you in organically, naturally, supernaturally. He will draw you in to deeper water to deeper places, bring you from glory to glory simply by knowing Jesus better and deeper. The third leg of this journey is intimacy. If I, if I knew Allie and we texted really well and we wrote each other love notes and we ate dinner together once in a while. That wouldn't be a very cool marriage, would it? I expected this room that understood covenant to really go, no! There's so much more. Where's the intimacy? Where's her sharing her heart with me? Where's me sharing my heart with her? Where's us in intimacy for the future, for the moment? Where's that? We don't just do stuff together. Boy, I can see the stretch and I just sucked the air out of the room in a couple of places. Okay, so let me see how I can do this. I don't just read her letters. I don't just read her texts, her blogs. I don't just listen to her speak. 
We don't just do dinner together or take care of our garden together or take care of our property together. There has to be intimacy for it to be a true covenant. Well, that's better. Thank you, Lord. Apparently, I really blew that the first time. With our Lord, we need that same intimacy. Where's that time that you're listening to what he says to you? I know for me in the Baptist church, I grew up hearing people pray. So I knew how to pray. And I always prayed when I went to bed at night. Everything I needed and wanted and desired and I thought God needed to change and then I'd take a deep breath. <gasps> okay, good night, Lord. <laughs> Maybe I was the only one. I heard a... a a survey on Moody Bible Radio from Barna Research Center in probably 2012. I was on this journey, 2012, 13. They said the average evangelical prayed a whopping minute and 57 seconds a day. Woo-hoo! I knew exactly what that looked like. I knew exactly what that looked like. Lord, I need this. Lord, I need that. Lord, my fifth grade teacher's a knucklehead. Lord, I need more muscles in my legs to keep up with Lorne Burke. I really would like to, could I get a new bike? Blah, 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 blah. <gasps> Good night, Lord. How would that work, any of you that are in covenant marriages, if that's the way you treated your bride or husband? I know. That'd really be whooping fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh boy. And in that same research Barna did, they found out that pastors like went and hung out in heaven for the day. Seven days a week. It was, it was short of five minutes of time with the Lord. Now I'm not dissing on brothers and sisters in Christ, but I think these realities might help you get a grid for the intimacy that I'm talking about with the Lord. We need to be in constant communication with the Lord. We need to be in constant communication with the Lord. That's intimacy. Moment by moment, day by day, not just Sundays, not just Wednesday nights. If you're a pray before you go to sleep person, it's not just prayer before you go to sleep. How about when you're driving? How about when you're doing the dishes? How about when you're cooking? How about when you're scrubbing the floor? How about instead of Netflix? How about instead of television? How about instead of sports? How about spending a little time? Amen. How about? You know, the Lord said, test me on this with finances, yes? I'm not saying this is the Lord. All look at me, I'm not saying this is the Lord. Test me on this and let me know that it didn't work in your life. Commit to intimacy in a little bit different way in some of the ways we're going to talk about today. And then tell me in seven days that it didn't change something in your life. I spoke with a brother last week. This is awesome. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I was speaking with a brother last week who said, yeah, and the thing and the stuff and this is going on and I'm not hearing from the Lord. Huh. Maybe you're asking the question wrong. Maybe you're painting with a broad path. I went through all of the things that I disciple people in 
and teach in with speaking and being in conversation with the Lord. And there are ways that we can miss it or not frame the question right or just by chance, maybe his heart for that situation is already in the word and you should have been in the word already looking for it. I, I myself don't expect an answer from the Lord for a question because I was too lazy to be in the word. That's just me. Okay. So I asked the Lord, what's going on with that? And it was that fast. So I knew the Lord wanted to show his heart in this. He didn't want this brother going through that. And he went, oh my gosh, that's exactly what he told me with the thing. Huh. I wonder what you were focused on when he told you that. That's the lesson in this testimony. What were you focused on when he told you that? Because you were not seeking him in his heart. You may have said the question, but you didn't listen for the response. I hope that helps. We, we've got to be paying attention when we ask the Lord a question. What stops us all from walking what Jesus had for us? Well, we already got the unworthy piece out of the way, yeah? yeah. We're going to be in the Word so we know His will, yeah? yeah? Now, in intimacy, we're going to know His heart, first of all, for us. And we're going to be doing the Word. Okay. Two boy. Some people have jobs that absolutely take so much out of them that they can't be who they were created to be. Some people have jobs they shouldn't have because it doesn't allow them to be who they were created to be. Whew, praise God. That is such a huge roadblock. And because we don't allow kingdom finances in our world to line things up the way the Lord intended us to line things up, we get bound to these things. Oh, I can't stop doing that because it's how I make the, I'd never make the car payment and the mortgage payment and the boat payment and the RV payment and... And we wouldn't go to Aruba in January, and I wouldn't. Look, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying. These are just kingdom truths. I can't help it. We're either here to sweat and toil, or we're here to be kings and priests. We, in our home, are here to be kings and priests. And we know that God will provide our needs, because he always does. Doesn't mean we might not have to do something that people would call work doesn't mean that. And the Lord did say, if you don't work, you don't eat. So there's the ditches, yeah? Yeah. So, so I've known people in my journey that literally <clears throat> were drawn out of their jobs. Some of them really high paying. But it kept them so bound up in their brain, in intellect and thinking 24-7 about that thing that just paid their way, that it stopped them from being on the journey in the kingdom of God where God intended you to be in the first place. Yet they were really good jobs. 
And man gave him all kinds of powdered donuts, I'm sorry, glazed donuts and powder on their tush. Because they really did a good job. And it was high accolades. How about your television? <laughs> oh, praise God, it got really quiet fast. Did anybody listen to Healing Is Here Yet live from Andrew last week? Amen. Did you hear Benny Hinn? Yeah. Yeah. So Benny touched on this, and I was just laughing because I had all this done too already, this portion. And he said the Lord talked to him, and I don't remember the year, I'm, and so I'm not going to quote, 13, 12, 14, 15, whatever, a while ago. And, and there I was, sitting on the couch, watching Netflix, said Benny Hinn. And the Lord said, get rid of it. So I got rid of Netflix. And then he said, yeah, get rid of cable. So he got rid of cable. And then he went for the gusto. I don't want you to have DirecTV anymore. Get rid of that too. So he got rid of DirecTV. And now what does he do at night? Sits in the word and in intimacy with the Lord. Praise God. Now, I don't, I, again, I'm teachable. I went through the whole TV thing. I went through the whole YouTube thing. I, we were just talking this morning about this very thing. I know, just a coincidence. All of the distractions because of technology. We've brought, I have no idea, tens of millions to Christ because of technology. Lives, YouTube videos, rumble, name it, right? We are bringing many into the kingdom because of it. Our family. And here to this building because of it. Praise God. Yet, boy, is there a ditch. Boy, is there a ditch. So, my challenge is, can you take 10 minutes uninterrupted every day, 10 minutes, say, Father, what do you have for me? Put your heart on him and get out of the way. And then, like Pastor Rich says, shut up. Oh, no, he said duct tape. Yeah, he said duct tape, sorry. I may have said shut up. It'll change your life. It'll change your journey. Intimacy will allow the Lord to send you on rabbit trails in his word. He will point you to spots in yourself you didn't even know were a problem. A hurt. And I'm not saying you're naughty. That's not where I'm going. It's about a spot that's hurt. And he doesn't want you hurt. He loves you. Maybe it's a spot you need encouragement so that you can really step into that other place in this journey that will allow his blessings and favor to flow on you in a completely different way. But if we can't still ourselves and be in intimacy with him, we can't receive. Intimacy can also look like what I said before, walking around doing the things and the stuff and talking in tongues. 
and just in conversation with him. Can't do it when we're doing all stuff. You'll cut your finger off or something maybe. You know, you got to pay attention to what you're doing. So hear my heart. But there's a lot that I do on a daily basis, even when I had a job that I could be with the Lord in intimacy, in true, I didn't need the radio blaring. I didn't need worship. I didn't need white music happening or white noise happening. I could just be with the Lord to be still with the Lord while my hands functioned or my bodies functioned. How about just standing still in awe? We sang about it this morning. It wrecks me. I can't fathom that I haven't said to some of you at some point when you've said, how you doing? And I've said, I'm in awe and wonder. I do. I walk in awe at what he's doing to and through us all and globally. He keeps me in awe. The testimonies within our own family keep me in awe. It's amazing what God has done to us and in us and through us. And it's such an honor to be a part of our family and get to breathe into your lives. Who has a healing? Don't raise your hands. YouTubers, Rumble people, you can raise your hand. That's okay. Who is a healing that hasn't manifest yet or a spot that they can't just seem to get through in their heart that causes them to pain, that causes them pain? And then the follow-up question to that very thing is, have you asked the Lord about it and then been quiet so he can speak to you about it? He wants you healed. He wants us walking in 100% of how he created us to walk. And that's not with a gimp. It's not, it's not in pain. It's 100% is who we are. The enemy has one plan, and that's to keep you in bondage. And it is my heart that this component of my journey, this revelation, this understanding of intimacy, and how we apply it to our lives will help set you free in areas you're not free in. And then it's that constant circle. We pray for somebody and they get blessed and we get blessed. We walk in a little bit more freedom and we get drawn into a little more freedom. It's a constant and it's so beautiful. And it's, it's not complex. It's just another component of the too good to be true simple gospel message. It is truly too good to be true. You mean I don't have to go to a shrink for 37 years every Friday at 2 o'clock till 2.45? Nope. I've got the great physician. I live in him. Okay, 
So if we believe we're worthy, and there's no condemnation in Christ, yeah? And we've already talked about why we point fingers at ourselves and how we can stop that, right? And we know that around here we call sin, sin, and that. <laughs> Praise God. Yep. So, these truths will make you free, yes? Okay. You are worthy. You are holy. You are a saint. Jesus died so that you could be whole and healed in the flesh and in your soul. Yes? These truths we can all agree on. Awesome. Then what if pointing our fingers at ourselves in different ways also stops that? Or maybe it's when we point our fingers at other people. And we stand immediately and say, there's no condemnation in Christ. I'm not letting that get on me. Get off of me. Yet we're going, well, you ought to. Yeah, I never, you should. Dangerous territory. Ask the Lord about these things. It's what helped me in my journey in this very area. Ask the Lord. Lord, show me your heart on that. Not that we don't call rotten fruit, rotten fruit. Because we're all fruit inspectors around here, right? It's what Jesus told us to be, is inspect the fruit. So I get to see what that fruit looks like. What's the fruit of that decision you made? What's the fruit of your journey? What's the fruit of your covenant? What's the fruit? But that's not, you ought to die, just never mind. That's condemnation. And your heart got in that mode of condemnation. Do you think it shifted right back out and you turned around and walked away and there wasn't a little condemnation going on in yourself? Yep. Exactly. That's the, that's the pitfall because the enemy has one plan. Kill, steal, and destroy. Condemnation in ourselves will stop us from intimacy just as quickly as just a tweak of hardening of your heart in an area. Hebrews 10.1 for the law, having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the comers thereunto perfect. For then they would they not have ceased to be offered because the worshipers, who's the worshiper? Once purged, should have had no more. Notice the should. Should have had no more conscience of sins. In other words, sin shouldn't be the focus of your life. Right. Shouldn't be the focus for yourself or for others. If you're looking at how somebody else is sinning, 
I contend, you need to stop it in Jesus' name. We look at their fruit. We can talk to them about truth. We're absolutely truth speakers, and we call sin, sin, right? Y'all just agreed on it a few minutes ago, sin, sin. Okay. But in Christ, we organically get moved out of our sinful nature. That's the key. It just organically happens. It naturally happens. And we come over and bring in truth and allow that process that the Lord laid out because he knows Josiah better than anybody. I might point a finger at him and call out what I see, but the Lord actually knows Josiah much better than I. So he knows exactly how to get Josiah from square A to square Z most efficiently, cleanest, less... Plus, God knows exactly who he wants this brother to be. I have no clue what Josiah is supposed to be when he grows up. I don't even know what I want to be when I grow up yet. Amen. So then, why this? You should thing. And in his own heart, why should he? No, we're, we're, we're way sin-focused, and that's religion. That's an absolute lie by the enemy. God should be the focus, not ourselves or sin. God should be our focus, not ourselves or sin. The sin will go away all on its own. And the focus on ourselves, we got a little book out there called the Blue Book. Read it ten times and then call me in the morning. And we'll talk about it. It'll be awesome. I'm not saying we should live sinful lives. Okay, good, thank you. 1 John 1, 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. John's saying that Jesus actually, that he touched Jesus, he heard Jesus, he was real, and he was God manifest in the flesh. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and show unto you that eternal life, which was the Father, and was manifest unto us. People who have believed on Jesus as a Savior, and have their sins forgiven, but don't enjoy fellowship with the Lord, aren't experiencing the eternal life that Christ died for. Many people are just hunkered in place. Oh, I can't wait to die and move to glory. Yay, I walk through the shadow of the valley of death. But when I die, I'm going to heaven and it's going to be glorious. No, it's supposed to be glorious now. We live in the most glorious times ever. We were chosen to be alive in this very moment as kings and priests releasing heaven everywhere we go. And it's not that I don't get excited about being in my glorified body. Because I do. I do. And I know it's like right there. I know it's just simple quantum physics, but it's just like... It's right there. I can almost touch it.
So why haven't why why are believers not experiencing eternal life? Three, that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Everything that any person needs comes from a relationship and the fellowship with the Father and the Son. And if you're missing that intimacy, like I use the example of Ali and I, now we've got a two-part deal. Well, that's no bueno. God gave us his spirit so we could have a 5G connection with his heart. His word is his will and his map and his instruction. Yes? Want to know his heart? What did Jesus do? He went and spent time with his father. What do we do? I go spend time with my daddy. With my papa. I encourage you saints to do the same. Develop a level of intimacy with your Lord that keeps you in awe and wonder, in reverence, in fear and trembling, in unabashed love. All of his nature. It'll change your life. Those who seek only what God can produce in their lives and don't seek God himself always struggle to receive. Did we talk about the blue book already once? Those who enjoy true fellowship with the Father and Son get everything that they produce as a byproduct of that relationship. I call it favor. I call it blessings. And in this family, those that get it, it's glaringly obvious. And we're just getting it sometimes a little bit at a time. Yeah, we got a little blessing here. Oh, praise God. Whoo, that's cool. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Oh, you're so good, Lord. Again, I can't not do a little sidebar. I encourage you to testify to every one of those things that happen. Testify. Why? Who's the testimony? Amen. Four people remembered. Fab. Y'all remember. The testimony is Jesus. Just like the word is Jesus. And these things we write unto you that your joy may be full. Whoop, whoop. We're not lemon suckers. But how, is, how, how are we filled with joy? How are we happy? How are we content? How are we at peace? Because we live in Christ and all of that is our king's nature. It's part of the fruits of the spirit. It's part of who we are. Yet if we're not worthy of it, or we're pretty sinful to ourselves, or we're not focused on him, and we're focused on ourselves, how can we walk in what he created us to be? So 
who grew up that had a little book in their bathroom sitting right next to the throne? Come on, the Reader's Digest. I know I cannot be, okay, two, three, four, five, okay, awesome. So there was this little book that used to go out to like every household in America. I don't know if it was free or he actually paid for it, but I don't think I was ever in anyone's bathroom ever that didn't have it in the 70s. Amen. Yeah, it was there, it was a little book, about this big. And it was about this fat, I don't know, 150 pages in each one, came out monthly, had all these little short little clips in it, a couple of cartoon things. But it also had something that was written by doctor, and that thing was called Laughter is the Best Medicine by Dr. So-and-so. I don't even remember, but I could... Laughter is the best medicine. So if your heart's hurting, are you laughing? If you're carrying that burden, are you laughing? If you've still got that pain in your soul in that spot, are you laughing really? I mean, you might laugh at a joke because Brandon's funny. He's a great brother. He makes me laugh for a minute. No, that wasn't it at all. Stop it. <laughs> True joy only comes from the Lord. Only comes from being intimate with him. Psalm 1611 says, Thou wilt show me the path of life. Well, if we're not intimate with him, how's he going to show us a darn thing? I mean, the word's the lamp unto our feet. Yeah? Yep. It's his will. It's his roadmap for humans. Notice I didn't say it's the law. Because we're not sin conscious, right? Okay. Thou wilt show me the path of my life. In our relationship, since the Lord tapped us both, we have constantly said, whew, this makes no sense, Lord, in this area. Show us what we're supposed to do here. And he's so faithful. Every time. Why? We ask a lot. Anybody know I got a lot of questions? <laughs> you ain't seen nothing. You ought to spend a day with me listening to me talk to the Lord. Holy Spirit asked me questions, so I think it's only fair that I ask him questions. First time I heard the voice of the Lord, and I don't mean, thus saith the... I mean, it was just... An impression, that, but it came from over here. It didn't come from in here or in here. I just, it was here for me. And it was a question. And then I realized the Lord speaks to me through questions all the time. Why? To bring me to the word. So that he can show me another layer of the word. I eat the word. I love reading the word. And I'm challenged by it all the time. So thou wilt show me the path of life. Thank you, Father. In thy presence is fullness of joy. Whoop, whoop. 
at thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. The world can't promise you pleasure. It's only momentary. I want the evermore. Anybody else? Yes. Amen. 1 John 1.6, it says, If we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie. <clears throat> That's not saying you made a mistake. You're deceived. Didn't even say you're deceived. Or that you're deceiving yourself said you're lying and we and do not the truth if we're in true fellowship with the Lord it will be reflected in our life and I don't mean fellowship that you accepted Christ in your heart and you're a good person you come to church on Sunday and maybe once in a while you make a grace group and you listen to some praise and worship radio station constantly and, 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 and. That's not it. Hear my heart. It's about, a, it's about a fellowship with him. It's about fellowship. It's about intimacy. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us all from sin. And if, and if, I'm adding now, it's a BLT. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Did I say we had no sin? Thanks, Cindy. Did everybody else hear me say, I never said we have no sin, but I said don't focus on sin in yourself or in others. We focus on Jesus. Okay. There are those who don't acknowledge that they're sinners and therefore they don't believe they need a savior. Isn't that sad? There's those that don't believe they need a savior because they got to church by their grandpa and now they're in their 40s and they went to Sunday school with their grandpa when they were a kid. That would be the genetic person that's in fellowship with the Lord. Said no follower of Christ ever. It's really quite sad how people think they're saved through somebody else's actions through somebody else's level of intimacy, through somebody else's anything. This is one-on-one -on -one with our Lord and Savior, and it's exactly why we are absolute seed from Abraham, not kind of, sort of. We are direct descendants. Our Lord gave us the Holy Spirit so we could be in intimacy in a way that no other believer has ever had. The Holy Spirit came and went out of, out of the other covenants. We got it. If you don't have it, today's a great day to get it. If you want to stir it up, today's a great day to stir it up. If you want to stir up the gifts in you, great day to do that. If you want to stir up the hunger that is in your belly, great day to do it. 
The Lord will respond if your heart's in that place. There is no shortcut in this. There just isn't. But there's a really quick way to do what takes some people decades to do. Put your heart in a place where it's not about you at all, and it's all about him. Some people take a long time to get there. It's why some healings happen quicker than others for people. It's why some people can sit right next to somebody else and get a word and get a revelation and get rocked by it, and the other person <clears throat> may hear that 10 times before it gets there. The Lord called humans leathernecks and brass brows. That's not an excuse, by the way. Don't let that be an excuse. Don't be that. Soften your heart and allow the Lord's word to permeate you and then ask him what that means and be quiet. Let him speak to you. Speak to him. There's only a few of us in here or a few in here that don't have children yet. But it's no different than loving to have our kids hanging around us and in conversation. It's really fun. Are we created in God's image? Wait. Then that means he wants us to hang out with him. Hmm. Hmm. Is that singing karaoke when you're driving down the road, listening to praise and worship? Probably not. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Do it too. Done it a lot. Have some great moments in praise and worship. But it's not the level of intimacy I'm talking about now. I'm talking about that quiet. And I challenge you all, 10 minutes every day. Set aside. Testify next week. Prove me wrong. Please? Allow this to be the point that you stop living by other people's revelation. This is what's going to happen by this. You'll stop, you'll, you'll then start to allow the Lord, the Lord will begin to give you your own revelation on stuff, and it will begin with a question. I can almost assure you it's going to start with a question, and you're going to start to look and go, oh, no way. Amen. This is Healing Sunday. Allow these truths. You know, Andrew says, and I, I just, I really enjoy the way he says it. It's an andeology. It is so much better to walk in divine health than have to come to the body and have them spritz me with oil and lay their hands on me to get healed. I hope that this level of intimacy that you're going to begin to walk in will bring you into a place closer to walking in 100% divine health. I see that hand. Go ahead. Wait, we have, this is, you need the microphone. Uh, mm -hmm. So one of the things that actually... It's on. This is one of those like proddings <laughs> and I'm not ignoring. Um, 
because this was already in my notes, and it's just been a theme. Um, and you just said, too, that we need to have open hearts, and then it was in worship with the song to have open hearts. And the Lord kept showing me how we are the seed, but in order for that to actually germinate, it has to open. So not that seed won't do anything unless you open it, unless it is open. So that is what we're to do, is to open our heart to him. Amen. 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 Was that a first for anybody else other than me? For that seed to germinate, it's got to open. Never thought about it from that standpoint before. That was really good. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. The altar team will be at the altar and would be absolutely honored to lay hands on you and baptize you in the Holy Ghost, to stir up the gifts within you, to bless you, to pray for you, to declare healing over your body, to bring you to Christ if you're not in Christ yet, or to pray in agreement with you of anything that you need prayer for. So please rise so I may bless you. Thank you so much for sharing this time with us as we have encountered Jesus Christ through the ministry of his life-changing word. If you would like to learn more about Steve Castle Ministries and Beloved Church, you can go online to stevecastle.com or belovedchurchillinois.com. You can also contact us at 815-990-0367. Always remember that you are a part of the Beloved Family of God and Beloved Church is the place where you are greatly loved. Now please open your heart to receive as Pastor Steve proclaims the blessing of the Father over your life. I pray, I declare that above all things that you allow the finished work of the cross to bring prosperity into your finances and also divine health prospering your body and all of these things are going to affect you in a supernatural way as you allow your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions and your personality to be perfected in prosperity that the Father desires for you to have. We love you and we cannot wait to see and be with you again soon. Goodbye, beloved.